and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White, a Newcastle United podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. We are the only place you need to come for all the up-to-date news about your club. We have a panel of expert writers who have covered the club for many, many years. We have legends of the game who also join us as special guests as well as writers from further afield. Hit that subscribe button and get your weekly update of Newcastle United. Hello and welcome to our weekend preview. Yes, football is back and how good does it sound to be able to say that Newcastle United will play a game of Premier League football after a hundred and odd days without being able to do so. The visitors to St James's Park this Sunday are Sheffield United at 2pm kickoff. Of course, there will be no fans in the stands at St James's Park, but... The main thing I think for now is that Premier League football is back and I'm sure just like us, you guys are very excited about it indeed. I've caught up with our Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder who will be there on Sunday to preview this game, to preview the visit of high-flying Sheffield United with one eye on Europe, of course Newcastle looking to consolidate their place in the Premier League ahead of potential takeover. The first question I asked Lee was what he made of the Premier League's return on Wednesday night. Brilliant to see it back. Great to see, you know, games on the TV again and just felt like a little bit of normality, even though obviously there was no fans there, which we've known for a while uh, that was going to be the case. Um, the crowd noise, yeah, I can see why some people, uh, you know, wanted to watch it via that. Personally, I thought, uh, I would watch it without the crowd noise um, just because I think you can learn a little bit more about a game you can um, see the and judge the frustrations of players and little bits of tactical snippets coming out um, via the sort of non-crowd noise channel um, but overall just brilliant to see it back and hopefully um, it's going to be an exciting end of the season when everything settles down and everyone gets used to it. I thought Sheffield United were really unlucky. Uh, the goal, you couldn't make it up, really. The the way they, they they were clearly denied a potential win, which you know you do fear for them that if they do end up missing out on a European place by a couple of points, then undoubtedly that will be bought into the argument. Uh, I think what made it more farcical was... I think the the vibrating watch of Michael Oliver went off in the dressing room at, at half time, so it was clearly a, a big fault. Um, but really, I think there were always going to be some type of teething problems with this um, restart, and that's the big one, unfortunately. And um, now you just hope everything goes smoothly. Um, but yeah, Sheffield United did really well. Uh, it's going to be a tough game on Sunday and hopefully Newcastle can uh, can cash in still. Moving on to Newcastle, it's obviously been a very long time since they had a game. Just tell our listeners how they have prepared, how they have got themselves ready for the return of Premier League football. They've been in for three weeks now. They've had some... Just getting, getting used to being back first and foremost. That was the, you know, the, the main thing when they were training individually. Then they've cranked it up to training as groups. Uh, they've had two or three practice games, and I think that is that was vital for them. Really, uh, I did fear for them. I, I watched a couple of the La Liga games where some of the teams haven't had friendlies, and uh, yeah, you could see that it's um, 
it was taking its toll. So match fitness is key. Uh, they've had that. They've, they've man even managed to get a couple of wins under the belt, which won't do them any harm at all. I know friendly results count for, for very little, but it won't do them any harm getting a couple of wins against Hull and Middlesbrough. And, um, you know, they're probably good games to to warm up for, for Sheffield United. Just the fact that, you know, they're, they're not... They're not um, they're not like a London team to play away from home. It was going to be a bit of a sort of northern clash at St James's Park, and I just think it gets them in the right mindset for for the tough game that it's going to be because Sheffield United will be coming here for uh, three. What have they learned from the games they've played? Well, I think I just touched on it with with my uh, my last answer. The the key is the the fitness uh, aspect of it, but realistically. Uh, Joe Linton getting a couple of goals, uh, not not bad at all for him. Won't do his confidence any harm. Um, Shelby and Bentaleb emerging as the the two midfielders. Uh, that looks that looks like a promising partnership that we you know could could go into those two games. Sadly, we haven't seen the Longstaff brothers through injuries or minor injuries, and obviously the contract dispute of Matty Longstaff. Um, so tough on, on that score because I think they can be the, the driving force of the, the team when they're both on top of the game and you know other things big pluses Dubravka back Carol Fit, Kieran Clark not too far away and you know it's just good to see uh, the full squad almost available for selection and realistically now uh, it gives them a chance to, to finish the season on a half So looking at the squad that Steve Bruce has got to pick from Everyone seems rather fit and raring to go, which is brilliant news for Steve Bruce. It's a brilliant, positive selection dilemma for Bruce to deal with. You mentioned there, for example, the centre midfield, where it looks like Bentelab and Shelby are potentially first choice, but then you have Hayden, you have Sean Longstaff, if he's fit. Look at the centre-backs. You have every centre-back really fit and raring to go as well. And up top as well, Muto scoring... Uh, last week against Middlesbrough and looking like he's got a point to prove Joe Linton too. You know, I say it's great for Bruce to have these selection dilemmas, but it's a tough choice. And how does he make the decision to who starts this Sunday? Yeah, I think the selection of Steve Bruce is, uh, it will be a tough one for him to make, but you'd think that a sort of core of Dubravka back in goal, the likes of Yedlin, Fernandez, Lascelles, um, in the middle, in in terms of you know the the regular centre backs, they were playing with a flat back four, weren't they? Before the before the lockdown started, and uh, hopefully you know they can continue with that more offensive sort of look at it. But you know overall, as I mentioned earlier, Shelby and Bentleb in there. Richie's always a big part of things, um, and then the front two almost pick themselves, don't they? Really with Joe Linton. And Almiron uh, have played probably the most minutes out of the, the games. Little shout for Yoshinori Muto. Um, he's obviously come into it, scored against Middlesbrough. Uh, he seems ready to go again. So there's a few of them. And then there's obviously the little clutch of, of youngsters that have been promoted to the squad. It's going to be interesting to see if the likes of Barlazer get to use Jack Young, who's had a good season in the under-23s. Uh, there's obviously the... The other other factor of Paul Dummett didn't make it, didn't get a squad place. Premier League couldn't seem to make their mind up on the rules. So, 
Yeah, um, lots of competition for places. I think it'll be a strong first 11 and um, then we go from there. I think if anybody's going to have benefited from having a little bit of time to reflect on things, then Joe Linton's probably the one who you hope uh, can emerge looking a bit more assured. He was starting to get there towards the end of the uh, February. Uh, he scored against Oxford in the Cup. I think he he had a hand in one of the goals at West Brom. He was starting to just maybe find his feet a little bit after a tough run, and hopefully he can you know get off to a flying start. Uh, be great to see him get on the score sheet. In the interview we did with him, he spoke about how disappointed he was about not uh, not being able to celebrate with the fans his first Premier League goal at St James Park. You know, hopefully it it, it comes in the next few weeks, but. Yeah, I think he is raring to go and with a bit of luck he can um he can finish the season on a high, get two or three goals and then build build for next year. He certainly isn't giving up on his Newcastle career. Newcastle certainly aren't giving up on him, so I think that's half the battle sometimes. And uh, it's been a big big season for him coming in with that number nine shirt. Um he wasn't really certain he was making the move until July, so maybe he's that caught up with him a bit. But hopefully Bit of luck, he can get a couple of goals in these next few games and uh, we see something positive from him. So, of course, there'll be no fans up at St. Javis Park on Sunday. Now, given the power that the fans can have when they really get behind the team, that cliche of the 12th man, but we know it's true when it comes to Newcastle United. Just how much, if at all, do you think it'll have an impact on Steve Bruce and his squad? Yeah, I think to begin with, it will have an impact. It'll be very strange, subdued, St James Park. Uh, having covered a lot of uh, under-23 games, I know what it's like in a pretty much deserted St James Park. This will be even, this will be even, uh, even more subdued than than that because normally you get a you know eight hundred to a thousand fans in there and they do make some noise, but yeah, in terms of the the ball going into the empty stand and people having to trek up to the empty ground to retrieve the ball, little things like that. Um, it's going to be a, a little bit strange. But I think once it settles down and maybe Newcastle can get a flow and a rhythm to the to the play over the next few games, uh, then you know maybe they can get the results they need to, to stay up. I mean, if you look at where that Man City game is placed on the fixture list, you just hope that, yeah, that they can be in that position where that's the the peak performance against Man City and if they get through a semi-final regardless of whether fans will be there or not as hard as it will be I don't think any Newcastle fan would turn down seeing their team play in the semi-final of the FA Cup at Wembley um, it's a big prize up for grabs hopefully they can get it So what about the takeover then Lee has it provided an unwanted distraction you think for the players and Steve Bruce when it comes to preparation for the season restart. Of course, it has dragged on a lot longer than I think anyone expected. It still doesn't look like a conclusion is on the horizon, although fingers crossed it is. Uh, but what about that preparation then for the players and, and Steve Bruce? Just how has the takeover affected them? In terms of takeover, has it affected the pre preparations? <clears throat> well, I spoke to Steve Bruce a few weeks ago and he basically said that you know he couldn't avoid it he couldn't avoid seeing headlines and newspaper articles about you know the fact that his job 
could be taken off him basically so and it was let's let's be honest at one stage i think sky sports news had it on the yellow ticker saying the deal had been agreed which in principle it had been agreed but the reality is is that we're now two months down the line and we still haven't had any confirmation of that so i think that sent out a big signal to the fans at the time um me personally i've always been a bit more cautious about things um that hasn't gone down too well with, with, with people on social media but at the end of the day until until the deal is done and the ink is dry then you can't you can't say it's done until it's done sort of thing so that's the uncertainty that's what's looming over the training ground at the minute that's what's been looming over the squad um has it affected them I don't think it'll affect them too much. They're used to this now. We've had it for three years. Uh, I think I've been writing this story uh, for a big chunk of my my writing career, basically. And, you know, it's been up for, let's be honest, it's probably been up for sale since uh, 2009. So, um, yeah, used to used to it. I'm sure the players will be. I don't think it'll affect it. It won't affect it, things too much. Um, because, to be honest... If they do have someone comes in with a bottomless pit of money, then the reality is some of these players won't be here. So some of them will be quietly happy that it's still the way it is at the moment and they'll be wanting it to kick on. In terms of an update where things stand, very simple. Very, very simple now that it's down to the Premier League. Premier League have got the papers and basically they have a decision to make and... They've got to decide whether they pass the owners and directors test. And that is it. Very simple. Mike Ashley's ready to sell. Um, there is someone waiting in the wings or someone claiming to wait in the wings. We'll have to wait and see uh, where that goes. But very simple. Basically, if the Premier League pass this test, then Amanda Staveley and her partners will be in charge of Newcastle United. But the Premier League have to give it the green light. And until that happens then we're all, we're all in limbo. Everybody, journalists, fans, players, coaches, directors, people who are meant to be coming in, we're all in limbo until this gets a green light from the Premier League.